Welcome to the Front Articulturas program. On today's episode, we'll be taking a look into the new Native Narratives Apprenticeship program and their upcoming exhibition under the same name. This program started virtually in 2021 and again in 2022, forming two groups of artists that created unique projects with the help of established San Diego artists as instructors. We'll be listening to students and featured artists Casiel Sanchez. I am a multidisciplinary artist and graphic designer. Leslie Villaseñor. I'm a visual artist. Adriana Lise Megbuja. I'm a painter and maker of objects. Marlon Pebe. Mi trabajo es interdisciplinar principalmente. Evan Lopez. I am a ceramic artist. Carlos Luna. I'm a multimedia artist. Natalia Ventura. I'm an artist and activist and abolitionist. Adrián del Riego. To quote the meme, like I'm a multimedia artist working at the intersection of art and technology. Our music feature for this episode is local garage punk band The Phases from Vista, California. Here's our gallery director and instructor, Francisco Morales, to explain more about the apprenticeship program and how it came to be. New Native Narratives is a paid apprenticeship program that we created to work with emerging artists from South San Diego and Tijuana. We placed an open call and selected 18 artists who work with another five established artists to develop an artwork to develop a piece that was going to be presented in an exhibition here at the gallery. So these 18 young artists worked for, uh, I would say like around 60 hours, maybe more, uh, in in-person classes, Zoom classes uh, with these five established artists. Um, Carlos Castro Arias, Meli Barragan, uh, Sara Soramani, Andrea Chang, Francisco M. So each artist share their point of view, their approach to the creative practice with the young participants. This is kind of an experimental way of teaching in which you are more than teaching, sharing. And the, all these artists, the, these young artists had a chance to have uh, one-on-one mentorships with established artists so they could talk like, hey, this is my project, this is what I want to develop. And there is, they could receive critique from all these um, more experienced artists. And th- that was the key thing is like, these people have a lot of experience. These artists have shown their work in several countries, in museums, in galleries, in you know, group and solo exhibitions, in different uh, kinds of spaces. And that experience is what they shared with, uh, with the youth. So it's not, it wasn't a program in which you teach them something specific like painting or um, um, you know uh, audio or video editing it's like more like a way of uh, thinking about art there was a lot of critique a lot of talking a lot of 
researching about your piece? What do you want to talk about? How do you want to approach it? What materials do you want to use? What does these materials mean? Uh, what is the, the, the relevance uh, of those materials to your piece, to what you want to say? Uh, how is that relevant to your life? What does it mean for you as a human being? And then as a social being, as a community member, Now let's hear from some of the students and their experiences being a part of this special program. So New Narratives is a whirlwind of mentorship. I was pushed and pulled in different directions every month with a new instructor changing four weeks with one instructor and then another four weeks with another instructor and them all being completely different. Um, learning new things, learning history, learning new technologies, learning how to be a more professional artist, and it was an amazing experience. Ever since starting this program, I've just felt so much more empowered in my voice as an artist, and it just helped me, it's helped me really deconstruct my imposter syndrome. For the longest time, I've been looking for some sort of guidance or mentorship. Uh, the kind that would look at my art and look at it from an objective point of view. What's really unique about the front mentorship is that every instructor is so unique that they're completely different. So having these types of artists slash instructors to kind of like guide you through that pathway is is a huge benefit because in one place you get um, these four artists that usually always come from like a similar background that you came from so having that benefit is like okay like i can be a little more vulnerable than say you know if it was like a instructor that was more that doesn't come from like the same background as you um, Ellie was amazing in the um, aspect, aspect of like showing us what um, kind of like formal uh, sense of going into the um, an art world or like an exhibition. Um, like you have to have your artist statement, you have to have um, a well beautifully written um, statement so you can like present it, you know, and having that type of like workshop, having that one on one with her. Andrea Chung was really awesome with encouraging us to seek out fellowships and residencies. That was extremely helpful to meet someone that is actively traveling as an artist, um, getting funding as an artist, and just making it happen. That was really unique. Sara was an amazing instructor that showed um, the beauty of like networking right, having to um, grow a little further than what you're comfortable with, right, meeting new people, new artists, new experiences. Francisco was really great in kind of showing us that ideas can be expanded, right? We have this idea and most of the time, or at least for myself, um, I, I get this idea and then I have this urge to like do it, right, and complete whatever that idea was but Francisco kind of like talked to us how it's very important to continue to grow that idea. Um, and so with Carlos, I am getting a little bit more um, into like kind of like the technical, more um, having more ideas um, that I can like put into my work. Meeting people like Francisco and all of the staff at the front and all of the teaching artists have really inspired me and their stories and just seeing myself in them and learning about how they emerged it made me feel like i could do this too and that i do have a future as an artist we will now listen to vacant dreams by the phases
I think mostly I feel very excited, very grateful. I feel like um, each artist that I've been knowing for each meeting, each month, it's been a lot of um, learning a lot from them and having like a lot of advice and critiques on how you're doing with the project and just in general from a lot of things that you don't really learn in school about art or like being an artist and it's just um, like a lot of learning and just growing as an artist and growing with the people I'm in the program with. Um, I think that just the whole process of the, when do you start with just the idea of the project and how it evolves with time and how initially something very general or like very rough and then the many different turns that it takes sometimes things don't go the way you want to or you have to try a lot of different of experiments to see what works and what doesn't and just uh, um, I think that a lot of the other things besides the artwork that you have to do like writing about the piece and prepping everything for the exhibition I think that it that was kind of challenging I feel like I always struggle trying to explain or put things together because my mind is a bit chaotic <laughs> but um, yeah I think that I've been getting much better in terms of that um, Meli Barragan, she was on the last class we had, she went through everything with every single one of us and I was very grateful for that, it was very inspiring for her to do that, yeah. It's definitely a lot that you have to do, like a lot of research and a lot of <laughs> things that are a bit challenging and like managing your time as well and trying to do everything at the same time, mm -hmm. but in the end it's, it's very rewarding. Something that really stuck with me that Francisco said at the beginning of the class, it was that like you don't necessarily have to like explicitly talk about like border art, like how the typical or like the stereotypical border art is not like for everyone. Like being just being a person who goes through that like every single day. That is part of your reality. Everything you do has some sort of relationship to it. It doesn't necessarily have to fit into these boxes that a lot of people kind of try to put you in. So I I feel like that's something that really um, inspired me and that really was really um, opening, like made me aware of like all the possibilities, all the things that I can do without losing myself in the process. Mi experiencia en el programa fue muy interesante desde este lado que es Tijuana, ya que como bien menciona Norma Iglesias, la frontera no es la misma aquí en Tijuana que verla desde San Diego. Siempre pesa más de alguna manera el hecho de a quienes desfavorece esa frontera física. Entonces fue interesante no solamente entrar al, al programa, sino también proponer un trabajo que tuviera que ver con esta frontera física y arraigarlo a mis ideales políticos. Disfruté muchísimo y me pareció muy divertido e inspirador también ir de la mano con cuatro expertes en diferentes temas, principalmente porque me permitió darme cuenta que mi trabajo podía hacerse desde diferentes perspectivas. Con unos profesores, por ejemplo, pudimos ver algo más acerca del contexto histórico de la región, con otros más técnico, con otros pudimos aprender acerca de la historia del sonido, etc. Entonces, en ese sentido me pareció muy enriquecedor estar allí.
That was revision by the phases. Otro de los obstáculos fue que eh, no sabía muy bien de qué forma aterrizar mi idea con respecto a los materiales y eh, muchos de los de mis compañeros y también de mis profesores me ayudaron un poco a pensar y delimitar esa parte que me costaba mucho trabajo. The most challenging part has been finding a balance. I wanted this piece to be collaborative, but it started to become less of me and more of the people I interviewed. This isn't always negative, but I was losing focus of my intention. I was trying to include all these other aspects and I was just getting really overwhelmed. I can't just summarize all these lifetimes into a few paintings. I would have to say that the biggest challenge I had was designing something that was show-worthy. I ended up changing my piece a total of three times. For my project, I was facing a lot of obstacles with the label of border art. Um, I think that I was thinking of it in a really literal way. And so my initial ideas literally had images or aesthetics of the physical border in them. And when I was presenting these ideas, I was receiving feedback from Francisco and the other teaching artists that I was taking it too literally and it was too on the nose and their critiques that I needed to think outside the box and kind of literally tear down the border that was within me and um, within my ideas for my art that really just changed my perspective and allowed me to connect deeper with the stories that I wanted to tell about my experience. One of the specific obstacles that I had to face here was really just being vulnerable. I do art, but often I wonder how much how much that art actually shows a part of me. I think the most challenging part was trying to like get organized and you know dive in deeper into to yourself or myself because you know you receive this amount of money to like you know make an art piece that um, somehow correlates to like the new native narrative aspect and so you have like this amount of money and then you have your personal life and then you have like this conflict of like well what do i prioritize right um like do you want to go deeper into you know your art piece and your art Um, or do you want to like, you know, maybe like use like three-fourths of that money for something that you had um, pending or like what do you do, right? So that's kind of like a struggle I faced, but managing time was kind of like the solution for me. So just getting like a new planner, writing to-do lists every day was something that I struggled with before. Like in school, I would struggle so hard <laughs> with to-do lists. I would always write them in or, or like planners too. Like I would start them and then the half year came and I look at the planner, it's like one page is only written. <laughs> so that kind of like consistency that I created was like, okay, you know what? Like every day, wake up, you know, drink a glass of water, read something and then create your to-do list, right? The most challenging part has been, especially after graduating and like a year in between uh, outside of school, but it was also COVID and lockdown, trying to go back to like a good um, how to like schedule or like work ethic and keeping myself on check and on tab with deliverables, writing artist statements. That has been both the most challenging but also like the, the most rewarding thing because it's like going to the gym uh you stop going and then getting back into it is really hard but it's very rewarding um to see what comes out of that materials part is like um that's something that i would struggle with um in my art a lot of the times because a lot of the time my money goes to you know my family helping them pay the bills and whatnot, trying to get food and everything, just basic human things. Um, and so 
back when I was in college, um, which was like last year, <laughs> but just like the beginning of college, a lot of my money would go to that. And so art was always kind of like at the bottom of my list. And so now that I have a little bit more money saved up um, and the huge stipend that we received, it was a huge um, opportunity for me to explore better materials, right? Um, I think that idea of like new materials is very interesting because you get to re um, kind of like restart your own like narrative, right? Uh, with found objects, it's also beautiful because there's a history behind it. But once you get like a new material, it's like, what can I do with like this new thing, right? What, what history can I write? And so that kind of happened with this project um, where the project kind of started with research and then the piece kind of like started to form in my head and I would do like sketches and such. Um, but the beginning stages of the project was that like just research, right? Pure research. And then after that, it was um, sketching. And then after that, it was just much more elaborating on that idea until the art piece kind of just came into place. The instructors help me be open to change and to reframe my ideas almost every week. Over the course of all the sessions, I was able to really see my project from different points of view because painting is not just painting. There's so many other things that inform you as an artist and your work. And seeing all the other interdisciplinary works and different medias to explore has allowed me to have a new perspective on my painting and how it's ingested not just from oh all, everyone here paints so they know what I'm trying to do. Mis maestres fueron pieza clave para poder darle continuidad a, a mi proyecto y sobre todo hacer preguntas muy puntuales para delimitarlo y para orientarlo a una cosa muy específica, que creo que eso es lo, lo más rescatable de, de un asesoramiento, ¿no? Y pues después de eso viene como la parte técnica que, que también fue muy importante, ya que como lo mencioné no tenía idea de, de qué elementos utilizar y cada vez fue más claro para mí eh, a partir de esas conversaciones que tuvimos. Another piece of advice was from Carlos. He helped me realize that my project could be bigger, bigger and more ambitious. I decided to add more stuff to what I currently had. The best way I would describe that they helped was was encouraging myself to go deeper and keep researching on my initial ideas. It could be kind of scary, it could be like a little harsh at times, but realizing that our mentors are there to mentor us and they want to see us create the best work possible. To not let these images and definitions of the border limit me, but rather learn how to tear them down so that I can build more connections in my life and connections with people through my art. So that has been really life-changing for me and has really stuck with me. Um, and I think I'll carry that with me throughout the rest of my career as an artist. What has stuck with me is that you can make art with or without like without the need of like money or like the need to have a reason to. Um, and I say this because, you know, months back when I was just doing art for myself, I felt like I had to be, like I had to belong somewhere in order to do art, right? I had to belong to like a gallery or had to belong in a program where it's like, you do art because you have to like satisfy this, right? Um, and then with this program, it's like, now that I'm here, like, I guess it's that comparison, right? Where you can make art and not belong somewhere, and then you can make art and belong somewhere. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. 
feel like after the program, I'll be able to continue exploring much more of myself and my experience because I learned now that I don't have to belong somewhere in order to make art. What stuck with me the most was something Carlos Castro said during one of the last sessions. He said, your painting isn't going to change the world or solve anything. And that made me feel a lot more at ease in tackling this project. I know that sounds really, it could, could be taken negatively, but now I know that art's mine. And I was just reminded that it's how I view the world. Lo que más se me quedó grabado de este proceso fue la convivencia y las ganas de mis compañeros de conectar con eh, personas que hacen diferentes cosas, ¿no? El grupo fue muy variado y, y eso también enriqueció la discusión allí porque venimos de contextos bien distintos y también de procesos y, y disciplinas muy distintas. Entonces, creo que lo más valioso fue eso, ¿no? Como conectar con mis compañeros y guiarnos a través de, de los maestres, ¿no? En, en ese sentido. Y pues nada, ¿no? Fue, fue lindo estar conviviendo con ellas a pesar de que la primera parte fue virtual. Something that stuck with me the most was Millie Barragan's advice. She told me art is a process and though you may have an idea at the beginning, that idea is bound to change as you explore, as you explore the process of whatever it is you're making. I can't count how many times I change my idea for this project. I can say that I'm happy with what I'm gonna show at the gallery, but it took a while to get there. It's a lot of things, something that struck me about the program, something I didn't know coming in, and I think I admire uh, in terms of the scope um, that the front has given to this project is the wide range of experiences that uh, the artists have in terms of working, being like working artists and working in like institutional spaces or not. And so some of us, uh, I had never written, written an art statement. Some of us like have sold like things for hundreds of thousands of dollars and like prestigious pages. And then there's some of us that are in between. And so trying to find common areas where we can all learn from each other and also being able to understand each other because there's some experiences that someone's like, I don't know what you guys are talking about because I've never done that. Always um, is good to take like a lot of risks and a lot of opportunities, like especially when you're starting as, a, as an artist, because I feel like when you just graduate, like you don't really know what to do next. There are so many different things that you can do or don't do in order to get to where you want to. So just try to like put yourself out there, like even if it's not really easy, try to take all the opportunities that you can and just go for it and try your best. <laughs> Things will start to happen and you will start to get more opportunities as well with time.
You just heard the track Camera Shy by The Phases. So we think about the border as, um, you know, the border, like the wall, immigration, uh, but the, the name New Native Narratives was also uh, chosen because we wanted to show that there are so many other things happening. And people here living in San Isidro, living in Tijuana, Chula Vista, you know, we, we think about so many things. <laughs> we live our lives and we think about love, we think about family, we think about uh, politics too. You know, we approach so many themes in our lives and not everything is about the border. Not everything is about immigration. And especially younger generations, I think that they are um, working and creating things that doesn't necessarily, uh, they don't necessarily relate to this very hot political environment. You know, like you, you can. You can go out and talk about other things in your life. <laughs> the pieces that we're about to see, they kind of grew with the program, right? So there's a little bit of that. Hopefully we'll be able to see that. La pieza que presentaré en la exhibición del 25 de junio se titula Migrar oro en tierra invisible y son una serie de poemas visuales que son el resultado de un taller que di a un albergue migrante de puras mujeres. Radica en dos conceptos. El primero tiene que ver con la invisibilidad que se relaciona con las historias de estas personas migrantes que son justamente invisibilizadas y el concepto de oro como este concepto universal de valor para de alguna manera poner en un spotlight esas eh, historias. With this project, I am combining practices that go back to my early childhood where I liked a lot just building city landscapes with whatever items or materials I could find. And I don't think I've revisited that part of myself in quite a while, so I want to bring that back with this project. More than that, I think this project is a reflection where I want to be vulnerable. And in a way, I want to show that, that conflictive feeling I have where I want to create beautiful things, weird things but I'm kind of afraid to show it. I would describe it as some sort of monster. The hope is that it will look terrifying and creepy, but when people get near it, I want them to see the beauty that the monster hides. I've been working on a series of um, paintings based of old analog uh, family photographs. Just focusing on the nostalgia of being here or being in Tijuana and from like the pandemic year and to this year I've been thinking a lot about like my childhood and like my parents and my family and like how the memories I have with them even either good or bad I feel like they're very important to me and make me who I am right now. The themes I'm exploring right now are language. Um, I'm exploring uh, material right, how material can translate a, um, an idea, um, playing with words, um, mix and matching Spanish and English, um, and playing around with the perception of the viewer. So I'm really proud of the project that I finally developed for the exhibition. Um, and I think it's gonna be a really vulnerable thing to show it um, because I was really able to tear down those walls in my project and just create something that was really raw to my experience, especially in this last year. It's my largest ceramic piece that I've ever done. It's a total of 11 feet wide that's going to involves sediment from the TJ River Valley. So there is sediment being eroded from the canyon. 
there is trash, there is wastewater, there is industrial waste. And so I actually went into the river valley and collected sediment to use within my ceramic piece. The title of my project is Cell Phone Tower Tries Drag and Homes You to Sleep and then between parentheses gone wrong and then like scared emoji face. Responding to the prompt of this project like new native narratives as in new native like border art narratives I feel like there's a lot of uh, visuals and there's a lot of themes that have already been explored but I wanted to look at maybe something in the surroundings that I hadn't seen as much and I think the definition of things something that we don't see as much are these disguised cell phone towers not only artists but people that live around here in like suburban development areas we live surrounded by so many of these they're like just metal towers disguised as trees and I think it's very funny it's exciting to imagine how all things are going to merge together and how it's going to look all, all together at the end. Thank you, Francisco. Thank you to all of the staff at the front and thank you to all of the teaching artists for all of the work that you're doing. It's really changed my life and I know that it's changing the lives of other artists in this region. So thank you so much. And that's it. I hope I get invited again. <laughs>
New Native Narratives is an exhibition, uh, the final result of this education program, uh, opening this June 25th. And uh, I'm very excited about it now that we are installing the pieces. We have big pieces, uh, big format pieces, and we have also artists who have been painting you know, for the last five years in this uh, exhibition. They experiment a little bit more and they are experimenting with materials and they are showing uh, a, a di different approaches to the artistic practice. Uh, so they really thought about, thought a lot about this piece and they were not afraid of doing something different. So I'm really satisfied with the results. I'm really excited about what these artists are going to be doing after this, this exhibition, what, what's the next, the next step for them and what paths uh, were opened by this experience. And that's it for this episode. If you'd like to listen to our program again, visit www.thefront.casafamiliar.org forward slash podcast dash two forward slash. Or look for The Front Articultura on any of your music platforms. All of The Faces' music can be found on their Bandcamp and their Instagram under the same name. All rights reserved. Thank you to our community supporters and our listeners. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Front Arte Cultura. If you'd like to visit The Front, our gallery hours are Monday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. No reservations are required.